Hey everybody, Evan Wickham here. This is the Park Hill Church Podcast, and I am in my daughter's bedroom alone in a kneeling position because her little desk is too small for me to sit at, and it's the only quiet place I could find in the house. Uh, We're all here uh, at home just like everyone. On March 19th, the governor of California issued a shelter-in-place order. We're all uh, together at home, and it is now April 1st, and I just want to say March felt like it had... 186 days in it. Felt like a long month. It was a hard month. All kinds of uh, uncertainty and hardship and financial strain for many. And I just want to say, well done. Well done, church. You have been generous and you have been sacrificial and compassionate. So many of you have risen to the occasion and emailed in to help and to be available for those that are vulnerable and in need. And I just want to say, well done, Okay, I cannot wait for you to hear the conversation that we recorded for this podcast. I was deeply encouraged while it was happening. I may have even cried, but I won't talk about that right now. I actually want to talk about two things before we get to this. Two things. Number one, we just released a new video update for Park Hill Church. New video update. This is very important, okay? Um, The old video is outdated. That was from St. Patrick's Day. So much has happened in those two weeks. As of April 1st, Wednesday night, 6 p.m., go to parkhillsd.church and watch the video. It's like eight minutes long, not long at all. And it is the latest information from the heart of Park Hill Church's leadership, where we're headed as a church, what to expect moving forward, uh, which brings me to number two. Number two, We just put together a survey, and we want all the church to take it. The purpose of the survey is to find out how you are doing and what is going on in the families that make up the Park Hill Church family. Uh, A lot of us are affected uh, financially by this crisis, and we want to know how that's going. Because we want to know how to prepare as a church, as church leaders, for where to allocate our funds as we move into what might be a financial winter or snowstorm. Uh, We trust Jesus, and we want to stay together and stay prepared. So uh, please uh, go to the website, watch the video, and take the survey that's coming through the Park Hill Weekly. Uh, If you need the survey emailed to you, feel free to email through the church website, and we just want to get super close as a church. All right. Okay. Without any further delay, uh, here is um, one of the most encouraging conversations I've been a part of in a long time. Um, This is a conversation with Mike Pilavachi. He didn't let me get into all of his accolades while we were talking, because he's a really humble man, but Mike uh, has spoken all over the world and taught churches how to lean into the presence and voice of the Holy Spirit. He's such a uniquely gifted man of God, and I cannot wait for you to get to know him. Um, This conversation is also on YouTube. Hope you can watch that. It's actually really funny. Um, But here it is, the audio version, and I hope you are blessed uh, by what Mike Pilavachi has to bring to our community. So here is Walking with the Spirit Through Crisis with Mike Pilavachi. Enjoy. All right, everybody. Uh, Hey, uh, Park Hill Church family. This is Evan Wickham, and I am joined here by the one and only Mike Pilavachi. Hello, Mike. Hi, it's great to be with you, mate. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, We were were just talking before I hit record. you know, Mike Pilavachi, if you don't know who he is, um, it's it's about time that you, you do. And I know he wouldn't, you know, 
he's the last person in the world to toot his own horn. But all, all I will say now, I'm sure we'll get into more, but he, he, he's been a spiritual father to countless. And um, we're going to be studying 1 Corinthians 4 later this week, where Paul says, "Not you have a lot of teachers, but you don't have many fathers. So imitate me as I imitate Christ. And I can't think of a better man to speak into things at our community. He's, he's over in England, as if you couldn't tell from his accent, uh, but he is serving in a church under the same restrictions we are um, in this unprecedented moment of uncertainty, uh, the Christ. era of COVID, which is um, an era Jesus is absolutely still king over. Um, so, Mike, uh, my goodness, uh, we're honored, honored to have you. You were going to speak? You were going to speak at our church on March 29th, um, but I was. God had other plans. Yeah. So well, how are you? Be, how are you? It's great to be with you, first of all. Um, I'm actually not very well. So uh, apologies um, if I start coughing. Um, that's why I'm not, I'm not doing too badly, but I'm on antibiotics and everything. And I'm in isolation. So I haven't seen a human, another human being in the flesh for uh, about a week and a half. Um, oh my goodness. So that's, that's very strange. So I'm in my house and then I go for walks in my back garden, yard as you call it. Yeah. Uh, um, but apart from that, I'm doing good. We're the same as you, trying to work out how we pastor a church and look after people um, when you can't see them, when you can't, you know, when you can't join them. And uh, uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful team here. So everyone is pulling together and working out ways how we can, yeah, how we can care for our family, the church family, and for the town that we're in. Yeah, yeah. How, um, how do you feel your team is feeling in this time? Uh, everyone on our team is, is very honest. Yes. Um, so uh, there's ups and downs, to be honest. Um, uh, there's... there's you know, there are, there's one, one family, um, it's uh, um, my co-pastor, um, Andy, um, his, he's in isolation as well with his wife and four children, four, four boys, five and under, mm. uh, because one of them has a, a, an immunity issue and <clears throat> health issues. So he's going crazy for lively boys yeah. nonstop. And I'm here in my house on my own, um, mm. and it goes the other way. And um, we've also had some deaths, um, uh, just tragic. We heard about one this morning, um, uh, one, uh, one of the folk we love who, who died this morning of COVID. Oh, my gosh. Um, and so those things are heartbreaking. But at the same time, and you don't want this to be trite words, now, now is I keep saying to myself, now is the time. Now is the time to choose. Do I believe all those things about the Lord Jesus and my Father in heaven that I've always taught, or do yes. I not? Yes. And uh, I, I choose to believe that in the midst of this, he is good and he is Lord and he is the God of all comfort and all of those things, and we want to lean into him. So when we when we have our Zoom conversations as a pastoral team, um, there's there's tears uh, because some of the folk are going through tough times themselves. But there's also hope, and it's a funny mixture, isn't it? Mm -hmm. 
the, the two go together. Mm. You know, it's mm-hmm. like the Psalms. You, you, you get the Psalms of lament and the Psalms of praise. And sometimes they're in the same Psalm, you know. Um, yeah. and, and that's where we find ourselves. Yeah. You know, we, we, we don't understand everything, but we embrace him. Yes. Wow. Um, I, I would love to know even more. How, how are you encouraging your whole church when you have the opportunity to speak to all of them at once, whether it's a Sunday live stream or a, or a midweek address? Well, I'm sure, Evan, it's exactly the same as, as, as the things that you, you guys are doing. Um, we want to, first of all, be real. Um, one of our mottos as a church has always been, we want to be a church where it's okay not to be okay. And that doesn't mean we want to wallow in our non-okayness um, because we, we believe that there is hope and there is a God who changes us. <coughs> but what we were meaning is we want to be a church where we want to be honest. So mm-hmm. we say we know lots of you are struggling. We know it's tough for a number. People have lost their jobs. People are isolated, all sorts of things. But Jesus speaks into our situation. And he doesn't just speak into our situation, but he comes into our situation. Come on. And he comforts us. And he is present in, in our brokenness. One of the one of the lines that has resounded with us um, is from um, Psalm 23. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. With me. Come and on. That the key and that's the key and we do a lot of this so we we just we do videos every day uh we send messages every day with different groups i'm on we're on zoom every day we're dividing the church up between us as much as we can and acknowledging the pain but also looking up mm-hmm. and looking for him yes well, my goodness. Um, just looking backward, uh, thank you, Mike, for sharing, uh, by the way, very vulnerably, how your team's doing, how you're doing. We're going to pray for your health. You've been, uh, your ministry is a gift to many. And, and on that, um, looking backward, I, I remember back in the year <laughs> 2000, March, uh, my wife and I, uh, who, uh, who my wife's on this call, um, she, she's listening in. Um, she and I were four months married. We're 20 years married this November. So this was a long time ago. And you had brought, you know, your worship team. I didn't know who this, um, this young, you know, literature grad from, from England, this Tim Hughes kid. I didn't know who he was. And, and, and you said, Hey, uh, I want Tim to come back out and sing a song that, uh, He's been singing in our church, and I really, I really think God's going to unleash a fresh movement of worshipful expression across the world. And I, I think it has to do with this song. I want, I want to teach it to you. And we're like, wow, that's a big statement. And then, <laughs> and then, and then he sings, you know, "Light of the World," and something broke open, and it never, it never shut. Um, I remember, yeah. Well, actually, I didn't know you were gonna. I didn't know you were there and you were going to bring that up but <clears throat> the story is a little bit crazy and because he wrote um here i am to worship and he played it to matt and matt will tell you the story um 
And Matt said to him, mm, I don't think so, Tim. F- uh, FYI, by the way, everybody, he's talking about Matt Redman. These are oh, people sorry, Matt, These are sorry. people that were in his youth. These are people that he shepherded and raised up in Christ. This is the father in the faith we're speaking with right now. It's very beautiful. So, sorry, go well, ahead. I don't know if I shepherded them or they shepherded me, but anyway. I've no, known Matt since he was 13 when he was in my youth group. And Tim since he was 12, actually. Well, anyway, Matt said to Tim, uh, I don't think so, Tim. I don't think it's it's particularly memorable. So Tim, um, <laughs> not being very confident, he forgot it. And then one Sunday evening, it was in the ministry time at the end, you know, when we were praying for people. And he just, he just, I think he ran out of songs. So Tim just sang the chorus. And I said to him afterwards, what was that? And he said, oh, that's just a song I wrote. It's not very good. And I said, can you play it to me? And it was like, I think you might be wrong, mate. And I remember when we came to the Worship Together conference in San Diego, mm-hmm. Tim didn't want to do it. And I had to make him. And I remember, I remember, I, I, I went up behind him and I said, you know, Tim, um, sing Here I Am to Worship. And he said, really? Really? And I said, no, go on, let's do it. And he said, oh, I don't think so. And I just whispered to him, Tim, I'm your boss, sing it or I break your legs. And he sang it. I was joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you know what? There was something on that very simple song. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things I've noticed. It's sometimes it's the simplest songs Mm -hmm. that 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 God anoints in amazing ways. And um and again, usually it's the songwriters that are least able to judge what their own songs they're the least that's why they need non-musical old men like me to say you know what i i can worship to that yeah you know so that was fun yeah it was fun i i just i remember sensing a call uh from god on my life in that moment um an unprecedented moment and uh you know a pillar an ebenezer stone a stone of remembrance that I'll never forget. And I know, you know there are 2,000 other worship leaders in the room that day. And I remember we kept singing the chorus. Tim put down his guitar and you came yeah. up. You're, you're like trying to preach and people wouldn't stop singing. Um, yeah, they kept repeating over and over. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a holy moment. Yeah. I, rem- I remember it bizarrely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that that's kind of, you know, my introduction to your ministry. And for the last 20 years, I've just been... Uh, blessed to be able to be in gatherings where you're leading and you're very unique in that you are able to de-weird the things of the spirit, you know, <laughs> because there's, there's, there's all kinds of connotations and different traditions that bring their baggage to like church gatherings and, whoa, is this going to be a weird experience? Is this uh, going to be too much or too little? And you have this phenomenal ability to tune s- spirit-filled believers all, sons and daughters of God, we all have the Spirit, and you're able to tune our hearts into a unified agreement with what God is doing in the room. And it's it's very profound. And it was what I was most excited about for our church, for you to really bring in um, kind of a next level awareness of what God wants to do when we gather. Um, obviously, we're not gathered now. Um, we can't gather, which I imagine would be incredibly grieving for someone like you, who's just been so, so empowered by the spirit to lead in gatherings. But I'm wondering, you know, what would you say to churches um, 
all the church, one third of the world is locked down right now. What would you say to all of us to really like lean into the things of the spirit and expect the spirit to speak? How would you, how are you pastoring that way right now? Um, well, I think that the Holy Spirit who, who moves among us when there's 2000 of us all gathered together in a conference is the same spirit who comes to us when we're sitting in our armchair on our own in our front room. And, and I, the thing about some of that is, you know, like I'm not, I'm not the brightest human being. If you want intellectual preaching, there's a lot of other people you would go to. And I'm not, I'm not, <coughs> I'm not the most slick in any way. Uh, so the one thing that I learned was, was having to rely on him and it's a choice that you make. And it, and the psalmist says, be still and know that I am God. Mm. And we evangelicals are not very good at that. We never have been. You know, we've turned it into be very loud and noisy and full of words and know that I am God. And there is a place for, for stillness and waiting. We're not good at waiting. You know, uh, um, and when you wait for him, when you act, because faith, the faith is in the waiting. Mm. He meets you. He always meets you because he wants to. Why, why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? And, and I think, you know, like, I have a little ritual um, that, um, you know, there's that, that verse, um, um, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared beforehand for us to do. Mm. And what I love doing in the morning is, is saying, Lord, while I was asleep, you were preparing beforehand good works for me to do. Now my job is to find those good works. Mm -hmm. So Lord, is it, is it in that? Why did you put that person in my mind? Yeah. And my phone them and give them some encouragement um, i'm in the garden and my neighbors and their little boy are playing next door lord is there a good work there am i supposed to you, you, you do you know send a little email or whatever and you know when you make that a, a life practice <coughs> it's amazing how you find those good works that he prepared beforehand for you to do and it changes your attitude you know, when I forget that and I'm in the supermarket and I don't know about you, but when I'm, I'm always in a hurry, uh, too often in a hurry, um, I need to read John Mark Comer's book. I've actually read it. It's very good. Um, and, uh, and, and so I'll, I'll look for the different aisles, the checkout aisles, and I'll try and do a quick workout, which is the quickest. So I, I add up how many people in each aisle and then I look at their shopping trolleys their bags how many items have they got and i always choose the wrong one and it's it's infallible and as soon as i get into an aisle it stops and what i would used to do is i used to get more and more irritated and annoyed and then i would sometimes look across and i would see the checkout assistant would have a badge you know um wendy new and she would be going so slowly that by the time I got there, I would be so frustrated. 
I'll be helping Wendy put the stuff through the scanner and put it in my bag. Now, what I would do is I would say, oh, it's Wendy, she's new. Have you prepared a good work for me to do? What can I do now while I'm waiting? I'll pray for Wendy. I'll pray for her. Lord bless Wendy. And then by the time I get to Wendy, my attitude to her is different. Mm -hmm. And then I might say, hi, Wendy, how are you doing? And then she might say, well, it's not been a very good day. Everyone's irritated with me. I knew, you know. And then I might say, really? I would never have guessed. Um, uh, um, oh, why are people irritated? Because I'm very slow. Well, don't you worry, Wendy. Everyone takes a while when they start a new job. You know, and then I'll have a little chat with her. And that might just be it, just that simple thing. So I think it's becoming aware of the presence of God. Have you? I don't know if you've read Brother Lawrence's book. Yes. Practicing the presence of God. And, you know, to cut a long story short, he was a monk in France hundreds of years ago, and he wanted to be out on evangelizing, but his job was in the kitchen. And he was like, why am I stuck in the kitchen? Like we can be thinking, why am I stuck in the house now? What, what am I going to do? And then in, he suddenly realized, you know what? I can practice God's presence while I'm washing the dishes. And he began to. And his experiences of God became very profound and have informed and blessed generations since. Mm -hmm. And he was the washer-upper mm. in God's presence. And so being still, stilling our hearts. You know, I used to think in order to hear God speak, you would have to dial up, you know, in a very religious way oh, you know and actually i've realized it's dialing down it's stilling our hearts it's lord you you're not in the earthquake wind and fire all the time but you are always in the gentle whisper the still small voice the earthquake wind and fire have their place but it, it we all we all want to be on mount carmel you know but but mount horeb is the mountain of encounter yeah and that's the place where it all comes from. I don't know. I'm kind of speechless. Um, yeah. Thank you, Mike, for um, being available to our community. I didn't realize how much I needed to talk to you. Actually. Um, yeah. Thank, thank you for recommending the brother Lawrence book. It's very, if I remember very, very correctly, it's short and it's simple and, it's profound, and uh, I, I think I need to return to it today. Um, if you can, get the modern translation. It's a lot easier. Yeah, um, okay. It's yeah, it's a lot um, easier. So, my gosh, church, uh, this, is, this is a Kairos moment. It's an opportunity. Now is the time, just like Mike said, to practice the presence of God in a fresh way, um, a way that we never, I don't know, maybe would have would have thought to um but jesus he's still he's still knocking and he wants to dine with us come in and sit and eat and uh be with us and uh this is a beautiful reminder for that um yeah mike i i i uh, i remember you did a you did a interview with our friends up in portland um with bridgetown you mentioned john mark uh, yes gerald who runs basically who yeah, Gerald leads uh, the pastoral side of, of things there. And you, you had a conversation with him about what does it practically look like 
to operate to operate in in the in the gifts of the spirit in in the prophetic in you know to lean into that because uh, we're a new church. Park Hill is a new church, and um, and yet a lot of a lot of people have, have moved into San Diego for jobs or school, and they come from different traditions. Whether it's like Reformed Baptist or like full on Pentecostal, or maybe out of a high church into like our whatever we are, and um, and there's still it's only we're only two years, uh, and we're but we're still like. What is our expression? Is this okay? Well, is that too far? And I would, I would love for you to speak right into the the, the nerve center of that concern, and 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 basically, I don't know if you remember the conversation, but you unpacked very very simply, like even in a Zoom conversation, how can I be present to people, and and. <coughs> And say, Lord, what are you saying now? And then speak boldly and yet humbly, believing you can be wrong. You, you kind of gave a very practical, here's how to walk in the Spirit. Here's how to minister in the Spirit. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I'm not, I'm, I don't want to start sounding like the expert because I'm not. But a few things that I've learned on the way. Um, first of all, um, oh, there's someone, there's someone knocking on my front door. That's I'm great. That's real. I'm so sorry. No, this is great. It adds human interest. <laughs> Let me just very quickly, because um, I will come back to this. I really hope people are watching on YouTube because this is great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank. You. Okay. I'm. 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 I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> Right, so I can't believe that happened. I can't believe that happened. So there we are. First of all, um, I would want to say, um, let's demythologize hearing God speak. Come on. Um, I, 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 I wasted too many years um, thinking that God only spoke to super Christians who wore white suits and could take big offerings and who had no doubts and no problems and who heard God in a way that I never could. And I wasted too many years because I was waiting for that. And I didn't realize that the father speaks to all his children, that all you have to do is be a sheep to hear the voice of the good shepherd, my sheep hear my voice and they recognize my voice. And I'd wasted too much time thinking it had to be a super spiritual thing when it's just very ordinary. It's very ordinary. I mean, it's extraordinary, but it's ordinary. You know, oh, I see a bush burning. Let me go over and have a look. Three quarters most of the gift of prophecy is simply paying attention. And it's learning to pay attention to God. And it's never clear. It's never, ever, I, you know, he, I used to think he spoke like this. Hear ye, hear ye. God calling Mike, are you receiving me? Tablet of stone on its way down, duck. You know? And I was waiting for that. And now I realize it, it comes like this. For me, often, it's, oh, I just had a thought. That's a funny thought. 
Why would I think that thought? Could that be you, Lord? Or could it be indigestion? And in my case, sometimes it's indigestion. And the thing I've realized is if you offer it humbly, <coughs> if you get it wrong, nobody dies. And what I used to do is because I wasn't sure if it was the Lord or my imagination, I would not say it. Now what I do, if I'm not sure, is I say it. Because the first way, I would never find out. This way, I at least find out. And the more you step into it, the more you learn to discern, oh, that is you speaking, Jesus. And we don't have to, to say, go, thus saith the Lord. And, and it doesn't have to be on a platform. You can be having a conversation with someone and, and, and say, Lord, give me some wisdom. I just don't know. I really want to bless this person. It's about God is love. And um, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, make love your aim and eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Mm-hmm. We're to make love our aim and we're to eagerly desire. Now, some of us have just made love our aim, and others of us have just eagerly desired. The only way it works is if you do both. And I eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy, because I want to bless people, and I want to serve people, and I want to be an encouragement to people, and anyone who prophesies speaks to men and women for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. I want to do that. The aim isn't to look good. So, you know, so the number of times, you know, I, I used to ignore it. And now I've realized, that's you, Lord. That's you, Lord. Because that, you, that, that, that there's an element of, of stepping out in trust and i'm i tell you honestly i'm really ordinary i i'm really i'm you know and i've had the most amazing you know do you know pen cantalon yeah he on about <coughs> matt was our first worship pastor tim was our second worship pastor and ben was our third worship pastor and ben was our keyboard, ben was our keyboard player for a couple of years and he played keys and drums and then i never thought of him doing anything else as a young man and then i was on a plane and i was looking out the window and suddenly this thought came into my mind ask ben to lead worship and my first response was that's ridiculous he's he's a keyboard player you know that and then i was like could that have been you lord and then it wouldn't go away. So when I saw Ben after I landed, I said, hey, Ben, this may sound strange, but I want you to lead worship um, uh, in a couple of weeks on Sunday. And Ben said, are you serious? And I said, yes. And he said, why? And I said, well, I, I was on the plane. And I, I just felt God spoke to me to ask you. I, I don't know if it was the Lord or not. And he started crying. And he said, Last week, I felt the Lord say to me, Ben, it's time for you to start leading worship. And I said to the Lord, Lord, if that's you, 
you're going to have to tell Mike because I can't. Wow. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. And it was so ordinary. Yeah. It was a hunch. It was a gentle thing. And, you know, sometimes after church, when you're talking to someone or you're praying with someone, it's saying, Lord, is there anything you want me to say that you put into my mind that could be an encouragement to this person, comforting to this person, that would strengthen this person? If love's your aim, hmm. it'll come. And then it, it, it's not about you. It's not hmm. about you. And it's about willing. You know what? If we get it wrong, if we say it humbly, if we say it with love, if we say it gently, nobody's hurt. Nobody yeah. dies. Yeah. But if it's the Lord, someone's life can be changed. Come on. And when you see that happening more and more, you get a hunger for that. And, and my longing is my longing is to help evangelical churches because I'm an evangelical. I love the word of God. I love the, the Bible. And my longing is to see them come into these things in a way that is naturally supernatural because, and I'm not wanting to be critical here, but some of the models that have been given are very religious, very hyped up and very super spiritual and many people recoil and think, that doesn't sit right with me. Um, that doesn't, and I'm not saying God isn't in that, but for many of us from an evangelical background, we just want to be normal. Yeah. And God comes, God meets us in the normal and he speaks to us. And it's just learning to pay attention. You know, how many times do we ask, Lord, is there anything you want to say to me now? Is there anything you want to give me for someone? Hmm. And when hmm. we start doing that, we'll be surprised. Yes. And it's gentle. It's like a butterfly landing and taking off. It's like, unless you're paying attention, you won't notice it. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine a more timely, a timely application of this uh, Zoom. I mean, coming to the Zoom communities even, like uh, you see everyone's name and you can come to a zoom meeting, like, Oh my gosh, I work on zoom. I call my mom on zoom and now I have to do a community prayer meeting on zoom. <laughs> and you start to develop a little gag reflex about zoom. And, um, but, but you look at the names, Mike and Sandy and Ariel, and you look at these names like, Lord, what are you doing right now between me and that name and that face? Um, it's all the difference. Um, it really is very encouraging, Mike. Gosh. Yeah. And it is, and it's just, it's so simple. It's so simple. And I, I'm, and sometimes you're the one that's the most amazed. You know, it's like, goodness gracious. Can, can I just tell you one, one little story? But yeah. That I just, I love. <clears throat> and I could have so missed it. It was from a couple of years ago at our summer camp, our festival. And, um, it was in the middle of the, we were worshipping at the end of the talk and people were praying for each other. And this thought came into my head. Um, there's someone here who his friends brought him and he's not a Christian. He doesn't know me, said the Lord. He doesn't know me. His friends brought him and he's been mocking me all week. And he's been laughing and teasing his friends and saying, oh, this is nonsense. But he's just prayed just now for the first time 
just now he prayed and he said, God, if this is real and you exist, could you speak to me now? Could you show me? And then the the thought came into my head, and his name is Brian. And so I was like, I've learned enough to think, what have I got to lose? If, if I get it wrong and no one responds, I just look a bit silly. Well, I spent my whole life looking silly. That's not, that's nothing new. So I said that and I said, and you just prayed and you just asked the Lord and your name is Brian. Where are you, Brian? He's heard your prayer. Immediately, this 15-year-old lad came forward sobbing and his friends were crying and they prayed for him. And he became a Christian that night. And they they told me that the next day, Brian was walking around the campsite, going up to strangers, and he was saying to them, he knows my name. Mm. He knows my name. Mm. And what a way to give your life to Jesus. What a way to become a Christian. And that's the sort of thing that happened in the Acts of the Apostles. But the thing was, I didn't suddenly feel super spiritual. I didn't suddenly know oh, this is, you know, it was like, well, this thought's come into my head. I, I, I'm trusting it's you, Lord, and I'm going to step out. Wow. Yeah. That was you. How did you do that? And every time, <laughs> no, seriously, every time my response is, how on earth did you do that, Lord? And every time it's, it's God, you're so kind. You are so kind. Mm. You are so good. You're so, you're so generous. And, mm. and do you know, I, I'll just say this one little thing. I, I wondered for years why, um, why Moses, um, towards the end of his life in Exodus 33, he said, Lord, now show me your glory. Uh, it annoyed me, actually, because I wanted to say to Moses, oh, don't be so greedy. Leave a bit for us, you know. You, 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 you were at the burning bush. Um, you had the plagues of Egypt, in Egypt. Uh, you put your staff over the Red Sea and a sea parted. Um, <laughs> you hit a rock and San Pellegrino came out. Um, uh, you know, manna, meals came down from heaven every day and twice before the Sabbath, twice as much. <clears throat> How much do you want, Moses? You've seen his glory. Well, after Moses had seen all of that, and then he said, now show me your glory. Do you know how the Lord responded? He said, I will cause all my goodness to go before you, and I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Hmm. When Moses, having seen all the power, he said, show me your glory. The Lord answered with three key, key words. Goodness, mercy, and compassion. That's the glory of God. And if we're seeking that, if we're seeking a revelation of his goodness, his mercy, and his compassion, we will use the gifts of the Spirit in a right way and not in a wrong way. That's what Paul was saying to the Corinthians. Don't do this. Don't be selfish. Mm -hmm. Bless others. Yes. You've blessed us, Mike, more than you know. And is it okay if I pray briefly for you as you're quarantined and recovering? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would descend in the room where Mike is there in England. (sighs) Cover him with your healing power. 
bring him to full wholeness, health, peace, shalom. Lord, would you govern his thoughts? Would you keep him from just all the anxious sideways paths we go down in our minds when we are um, out of sorts, in shock, or isolated? Lord, be his, be his peace and his bedrock. May all your goodness pass before Mike morning and night. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Mike. You're amazing. With you. <coughs> I hope that made sense. And, oh, my uh, gosh. I look forward to being with you in the flesh one day and all this is over. Yes. Thank you, Mike. You're amazing. Right. God bless the Soul Survivor God Church family. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Adios. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.